السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله وسيشكرا جزاك الله خير to our guest Qari Ziyad Patel for that very beautiful and melodious recitation of Surah Ar-Rahman May Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and bless us perpetually through the barakah of the glorious Quran It is also my privilege to present to you our Qari as our guest speaker for today None other than Qari Ziyad Patel And want to say big shukran to Brother Yusuf Muhammad For bringing the guest to us today He is also a guest of the Al-Nur Educational Center And he will speak to us today inshallah On the preservation of Islam Through the preservation of Al-Quran We will ask Qari Saab to speak for 20 minutes till 1 o'clock And for 5 minutes from 1 o'clock to 5 past 1 We will ask him to render to us The famous and most beautiful Qasida Burda Inshallah ta'ala Without further ado Faliyatafaddal mashkura Ya Fadilat al-Sheikh Sheikh Abdurrahman Alexander Introducing our guest for today And that is Kari Ziyad Patel we begin by praising Allah Azza wa Jal. Peace and salutations be upon Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. My dear brothers, what can I say? What an honor for me. What an honor for me to be in this beautiful masjid. Masjid Al-Quds is indeed a lead masjid for many masajid across the country. Subhanallah, I believe that the atmosphere here in the month of Ramadan is an electric one. So may Allah Azawajal bless every one of you for allowing this masjid to be of such a caliber. And may Allah Azawajal allow us to at all times make our masajid abad, allow us to use our masjids in the manner that they should be used. Ameen. My dear brothers, before I come into my, my main topic, I just would like to highlight a few things. And we do find that in the life of a mu'min and the life of a Muslim, Allah blesses us with opportunities. Have you ever wondered how quick time is lapsing? Look at this. In, the, in, in less than a hundred days time, we will be in the month of Ramadan. But Allah is so merciful to us that He gives us an opportunity, an opportunity to reflect, ponder, introspect and change. Make that positive change, that change towards Him. Very soon we will be in the month of Rajab. There will be a reminder in the month of Rajab. In the month of Rajab we will begin to decide the dua. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban. وَبَلِّغْنَا رَمَضَانَ Reminder for us. Once again, there's an opportunity for us to change. Then we find that we will find ourselves in the month of Sha'ban. And we will, we will have the month of Laylatul Bara'ah. Once again, an opportunity. Allah is giving us an opportunity to turn towards Him. Reflect, introspect, ponder, and make that positive change. And then subhanAllah, there we have the most beautiful month. In the annual calendar of a mu'min and a Muslim, and it is none other than the month of Ramadan. And every one of us, we need to prepare towards this beautiful month of Ramadan, subhanallah. And in this month of Ramadan, how many opportunities Allah Azawajal gives us? He gives us opportunities to ponder, introspect, reflect, and make that positive change. 
and so on. As we move on into the annual calendar of a mu'min and a Muslim, you will find Allah is so merciful. He gives us opportunities upon opportunities to change. And then, if you look at it on a weekly basis, Allah blesses us with this beautiful day of Jum'ah. Subhanallah, what a beautiful day of Jum'ah. Once again, there's an opportunity for us to find ourselves and make that turn and make that change in, in towards Allah Azza wa Jal. Not the change which Obama was speaking about in his presidential campaign. We're talking about the real change, the spiritual change. That change in preparing for the Akhirah. Allahu Akbar. And then, even if we miss this day, five times a day, there's a reminder. Five times a day, there's an opportunity for us. When the Adhan goes off, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. There's a reminder. Once again, Allah is giving us a reminder. Here's another opportunity. Five times in a day, there's an opportunity for you to ponder, introspect, reflect. Think about life. How many of us in this masjid who were with us last year are not with us today? Think about it. That is how quickly and how swiftly time is moving. And every one of us, we are on this earth for a purpose. And that is to please Allah Azza wa Jal. This brings me to my main topic. Before I get into my main topic, I want to say something, and I say this from the depths of my heart. That every one of you that I see here today, in my eyes, you are from a very noble lineage. A very noble lineage. And therefore I have the utmost respect for every one of you that are here today. For indeed, we are greatly indebted to your forefathers for laying the foundations of the Quran and Islam in this country. And that is why myself, in my personal capacity, I have a deep respect for every one of you that reside in this beautiful city of Cape Town. May Allah Azawajal bless our forefathers. Ameen. And if we go down the annals of history, we will learn something from our forefathers. We learn something from them. We have a great responsibility upon our shoulders. Every one of us that are seated here, the baton of their legacy is in our hands. There's a great responsibility. We need to continue this great, this, this great legacy. When we find and we analyze the annals of history, what does history teach us? In the 1600s, when the revolt had started in the East Indies. Now I want you to, to, to analyze the taqwa of the scholars at that time. What happened? These scholars, your noble forefathers, they were imprisoned. And... They were, the, the, the authorities of the time decided to open up their maps and they said that this lot, although they're imprisoned, they still have a profound effect on the masses. We don't know what is it. Sadly, they didn't realize that the taqwa and the piety of this people was so profound and great that they still had an effect on the masses. You imprisoned them, but they still had an effect on the masses. So the maps were opened and the Kantanama Bay of the day was identified. And which place was it? The Cape Peninsula. وَمَكَرُوا وَمَكَرَ اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَيْرُ الْمَاكِرِينَ Allahu Akbar. They decided to imprison them in this part of the world. And look what, what has happened. South Africa, Cape Town has become a seat of learning for the Qur'an. When people talk of the Qur'an, Cape Town is synonymous with the Qur'an. You have some of the best Qurra, some of the best scholars. The seat of learning for the Qur'an undoubtedly is your town of Cape Town. And alhamdulillah, Every one of you have done a fantastic job in upholding this legacy. And here this afternoon, I see potential and I see greatness in every one of you. In every one of you. Because your, your lineage is very noble. Your lineage is very noble. Every one of you that are here today, 
you are an important player an important role player in this ummah and you are an important role player in upholding the Quran when you look at the life of Tuan Guru when he was in prison in the Cape in between those walls in the prison he did not fall into a mode of depression he did not go into in low mode even in his prison cell he still had a fikr and a worry and a concern and that was to preserve the deen and what formula what recipe did they use to preserve the deen the first step by preserving the quran and that is why when you go to awal masjid today and when you look at the quran which is handwritten by sheikh tuan guru it brings shocks through your through, through your entire body allahu akbar that even in the prison cell they decided to preserve the quran and they preserved the quran by writing the quran from memory and on a, on a, on a, on a low note on a happy note, I would just say that imagine in the month of Ramadan, we as Hufaz, when we take the Musalla to perform the Salat al-Taraweeh, it's not easy, it's not easy. Now I say to you, imagine the quality of the Hufaz of that time, that leave alone reciting the Qur'an from memory, they were able to even write the Qur'an from memory. Allahu Akbar. So my message here is that if they had just taken it easy and not worried, and just worried only about themselves, do you think today we could have enjoyed Islam the way we enjoy Islam now? Nay. Let's go on a bit further. In recent times, Cape Town was very, very, very fortunate to have noble scholars such as Sheikh Salah Abadi and so on. Great scholars, scholars who uphold the Quran and every one of them realized that in order to preserve the deen, you preserve the Quran. This is what history teaches us. And if we move on further, we find when some of the scholars and when our forefathers hailed from the subcontinent, when they too came, what was the first thing they established? Wherever they went, even in the small towns and dorpies, the first thing that they would establish was a madrasa and a musalla. And at that time, there were not many hufas and many qurra. What, what would they used to do? The one person in the community who could recite a bit of the Qur'an, he was tasked with the mammoth task to teach the children something of the Qur'an. And that brings me to this beautiful hadith. Man al-Qur'an the best amongst you are those that learn and teach the Qur'an. So my message here this afternoon is that in order for us to preserve the Qur'an, in order for us to preserve the deen, we should first preserve the Qur'an. And every one of us, very, very soon, in just less than 100 days, we will be coming to the beautiful month of Ramadan. And the preparation for Ramadan should start from now. So every one of us should introspect and see what is my connection with the Quran Kareem. Am I reciting the Quran Kareem on a daily basis? If not, try, try. Let us start somewhere. Then at the family unit level, in my family, do my children. Can they recite the Qur'an? Is there any connection with them in the Qur'an? If not, they need to attend the madrasa. And subhanallah, as I mentioned to you, Ketan is a seat of learning. There are so many opportunities. That's the word I want to highlight here this afternoon. There are so many opportunities Allah has blessed us in this beautiful city of Cape Town. If you want to become a qari of the Qur'an, or perhaps you just want to brush up your recitation of the Qur'an, or even if you want to learn the Qur'an, there are so many opportunities right here at our doorstep. So we need to check. As parents, we need to check. Are my children, are they reciting the Quran? Are my children, are they attending madrasa? 
what is the level of Islamic education of my children and so on. And of course then at the community level, and alhamdulillah, I think at the community level, the, com- the community of Cape Town has done fantastically well in upholding this great legacy of preserving the Qur'an. But where did it all start? Where did it start from our noble forefathers some two, three hundred years back? And this is what history tells us. In order for us to preserve the deen, we should first try and preserve the Qur'an. And if you look at other parts of the world, for example, if you have to analyze what happened in Brazil, when Muslims went over to Brazil, sadly, they did not take any initiative in wanting to preserve the Qur'an. And I had a, I'll, I'll narrate a story to you. I had a few friends of mine who went over to Brazil. Subhanallah, myself, I've been to Brazil twice. And when people see you in Brazil dressed in this way, they become very much intrigued. So one morning, they're performing Salatul Fajr in a park. And after a while, there's a young lady that walks past, and she's the, she, she sees them very much intrigued. Who are these people praying? Look how they look, they have beards and so on. So she began to engage them. And after speaking to them, she says to them, I have some book at my home. I really don't know what this book is. It's an Arabic book. I would like you to have a look at it. She goes home, she brings this book and comes back. When they opened this, it was a lot of cloth and so on. And when they opened this, Allahu Akbar, it was a Quran. So they asked the sister, where did you get this from? She says that from, 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 from generation to generation, this Quran comes down and it has ended up with me. So they say to the sister, do you know what this means? This means that your forefathers were Muslims. And then she drops a bomb of a question and she asks, if my forefathers were Muslims, why is it such that I am not a Muslim today? Allahu Akbar. Therefore I say to every one of us that are here today, every one of you, your blood is noble, remember that. And there's potential in every one of you. And from the depths of my heart, I have the profound love for every one of you here today. Because your forefathers, if it was not for them, who knows where we would have been here today. For the scholars that graced the shores of the, the Cape Peninsula, when they were banished from the East Indies, when they came here, they had a concern and a fikr and a worry for every one of us that are here today. And that is why, alhamdulillah, South Africa is now a model for other countries across the globe. Just recently, I was also in Albania. And in Albania, so sad, so sad to see people have lost Islam. And how did they lose Islam? Because the maktab system, the madrasa system was abolished and destroyed. And history tells us once again, wherever in the world the maktab system was destroyed, Islam was destroyed. So for those of us that are young parents, it's of utmost importance, it's of imperative importance that we need to give Islam and dini ilm and education to our young ones. Because let it not be, let it not be that one day when you in your old age, your child sends you off to an old age home. But if you inculcate the correct values and Islamic values, that child will never abandon you. Now don't get me wrong, it's very important that we also need to educate ourselves on a circular level. It's of imperative importance, we have to educate ourselves on a circular level. We need to become a powerful ummah. And how do we become a powerful ummah? We become a powerful ummah by empowering ourselves through education. And to all the youth that are here today, nothing stops you from becoming a top mufti, and as well as a top ophthalmologist or a top specialist. Nothing stopped you from becoming a judge as well as a mufti. We the youth, we need to grasp those opportunities that we have at our doorstep and make the best of it. For indeed, 
our forefathers have passed their test. They've done fantastically well by giving us this great baton of, of the legacy of preserving the Quran and preserving Islam. What are we as the youth? The question is, how will we take this baton forward? How are we going to pass on this baton to the next generations? So my dear brothers, I say to you, I'll end up with these words. That may Allah increase our love for one another. May Allah allow us to connect to the Quran at all times in our lives. And as Muslims, how fortunate are we? What a blessing the Quran. That even when you're in a low mode of depression, listen to the Quran and it will just rejuvenate the soul. And subhanallah, Cape Town has some of the best Qurra. Go across the world. I was in the UK recently and people in the UK even speak about the Qurra of Cape Town. Your sons, your brothers. Subhanallah. And to all of you out here, I say to every one of you, you are a special person of this ummah because your lineage is very noble. Every one of you here, I see potential in every one of you because you have the blood of noble scholars, scholars that help preserve the Quran and preserve deen in this part of the world. And we are completely, completely grateful and throughout our lives, we will have to display our gratitude to those normal scholars. And that is why I will say to every one of us here today, that at every juncture we get, at every time we get, at every moment we get, let us at least recite some ithali sawab and some dua for those normal scholars. May Allah Azawajal bless them and take them from stages to stages in the akhirah. May Allah every one of us to connect with the Quran. And may Allah Azawajal increase our love for one another. And let us not forget the Muslims, whatever they may be suffering, whichever part of the world they may be suffering. Because they too find solace and consolement through the Quran. Believe it or not, I'll end up with this last scenario, time is of the essence. Just recently I was, I was in Syria, on the borders of Syria and Turkey. And Alimdad Foundation runs a containerized village. I was walking through the village. I came across a woman. She must have been about 93 to 94 years old. And what was she reciting? She was reciting Surah Al-Kahf. I sat down and had a chat with her. She said to me, I lost 27 people from my family. 27, all the males in my family have been slaughtered. I only find my consolement through the Quran. So to those of you who are here, remember we have the Quran. The most powerful of words. We Muslims have been blessed with the Quran. May Allah allow us to connect with the Quran. With these words we say to you, وَأَخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ